Hallelujah. Well, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 13, says, These things I, I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Amen? You can know it. Then he goes in verse 14, he says, this is the confidence. Say, this is the confidence. This is the confidence which we have, uh, have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, that's a conditional statement. You cannot ask him anything. You can ask him something that's not according to his will. So the requirement here in order for you to have confidence is that you're asking him something, but not just asking him anything. You're asking it in accordance to his will. So if we ask anything according to his will, he what? What's he do? What's he do? And often, you know, we'll find ourselves saying this often. All of us are, you know, have probably said this at some point in time in our life where we said, God, are you hearing me? It's like God's not even listening to me. It's like he can't even hear me. I'm talking to him, but, you know, is he even hearing what I'm saying? Well, I'm telling you, if you're asking him according to his will, then he hears you. Now, he's not obligated to answer you to let you know, oh, yeah, I heard that. Actually, he's already answered it from his scripture. So you understand, he don't have to say so that you hear him in your spirit, man, or give you an audible voice to say, hey, I just heard you because you prayed. Thanks for praying to me. He is not obligated. He's already given his word that if you ask me anything according to my will, I hear you. Are you with me? I hear you. So when I go to prayer, I'm always conscientious. Okay, am I? Because I, guys, I've gone to prayer sometimes and I feel like saying something. I feel like it. But I know if I say that, God's not going to hear it. Because all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost will give me a scripture, and I'll know, uh, uh, I just can't say that. <laughs> I'll find myself praying to the Lord, saying, oh, Father, you know, and I'm talking this, and I'm saying this, and I know that. And I say, okay, yeah, I know, because I know your word says, and I'll have to go to that. And I've even said, I know, I'm just running off at the mouth, and you're not hearing any of that. Let me get to what I know you hear. I'm the only one who, I guess I'm the only one who talks to God, I guess. I mean, I'm talking to the Lord, and I know when I'm saying stuff that he's not hearing. Because the Bible tells us he hears this. What does he hear? Anything we ask according to his will. So if I want God's undivided attention, then all I have to do is speak what he will hear, and it's his will. Are you with me? So this is the confidence which we have before him. So again, if you're in a place where you're like, man, is God listening to me? All you got to do is examine what are you saying? What are you asking? Because if you're not asking for that which is God's will, then the chances are at that point, the chances are 100% that he's not listening to that. Now, what he will do is he'll give you instruction on what to say. Okay, they're saying something, but I'm not connecting because it's not my will. So let me get them something to say so we can have a conversation. Are you with me? Let's go on. So we know he hears us, verse 15. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask. Now, it's not a whatever. 
not a whatever you want. It's whatever he is according to his will. Well, Lord, now I just want to have a whole month off. Well, is it God's will for you to have a whole month off? Are you with me? You know, Lord, I want to have this, this, this. Is that God's will? Because you can ask God for anything. But the only thing you can have confidence that he's hearing is the things that are in line with his will. Hallelujah. You could be a single person. Let's take Chelsea. Stand up, Chelsea. Chelsea's over here single. She could be saying, God, I want that guy to be my husband. But he's lost. He doesn't even know Jesus Christ as his Lord. He's living in the world. And the Lord can't hear that prayer because the Lord says literally, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So the Lord's not going to answer it. But the devil would say, I can accommodate that, Chelsea. I'll bring that guy right by your path. I'll bring that guy and he'll, he'll, he'll whine you. He'll dying you. He'll seduce you. He'll get you to where you can say I do so that he can thwart the plan of God for your life. Are you with me? Thank you, Chelsea. You can be seated. So we have to understand that God hears us when we pray according to his will. I'm always amazed when I get into certain places. I say amazed. I'm not shocked. It's just like, I guess it's that moment where I'm like, Ugh. you know, kind of like, man, where you get around people and say, hey, will you pray? And they're like, no. Why? That's a number one indication they don't know how. That they are not uh, habitual enough in a prayer life with God that they can pray. See, if you come on Wednesday morning, you're subject that I might say, hey, um, close in prayer. I don't always close in prayer. So come get ready to pray. I get around people. My wife's been around these. They come up and my, my wife can pray. My wife has an anointing in this area of prayer, and God uses her in this capacity. And people come up and say, oh, man, I pray, pray. But they never show up at prayer, ever. They never come to any corporate prayer, which, which tells me most likely their private prayer is a miss. Is a miss. In fact, James says you have not because you ask not. But the problem is you're asking and you ask, the Bible says, you ask amiss, meaning you ask me only for things for your own personal pleasures and desires. Well, when you ask for a selfish ambition, God's not listening to that. The devil will listen to that and accommodate it. You don't want to hear. Will the devil answer your prayers? Yes. Every prayer that's outside of God's will, he wants to answer you so that you'll think God did it for you. Because he'll give you the world at the expense of your soul. Well, I got it. I asked for it. You know, there's things in the spirit realm that work to try to get things to pull you out of God's plan and purpose for your life. Amen. All I got to do is go to scripture and I'm going to find out whether or not I'm straight. I'm in alignment. I'm doing exactly what God needs me to do. Are you with me? So, again, if we know he hears us in whatever we ask, and we know that whatever's tied to verse 14, the whatever is anything we ask according to his will, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. When do we have it? When do we have it? When do we have it? At the moment we asked. Hallelujah. Come on, say amen. amen. We have it the moment we ask. Now turn over to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. 
We've seen this passage of scripture. Jesus said this when he was teaching a particular moment in time concerning the subject of faith. And he said this in verse 22. He said, have faith in God. One translation says, have the God kind of faith. Verse 23, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast into sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but, but, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him, or he'll have what he says, one translation says. Then verse 24, therefore I say to you, Jesus is talking, all things for which you pray and ask. Now, what are the things you're praying and asking? They're not whatever you decide to pray. It's the prayer according to his will. See, this is how context gets involved. Because if we don't watch out, we read scriptures because Jesus another time says, you've not asked anything of the Father in my name, but whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Now, he'll only give you what's in alignment and accordance to his will. You cannot ask God for somebody else's spouse. Can't happen. You can't ask God for somebody else's ministry. You can't ask God for somebody else's house. I mean, because you got covetousness involved there. You know, you got lust involved certain in, in places there. Are you with me? So those prayers are not in accordance to his will. But the devil will accommodate trying to bring something by to keep you deceived that God's answering you. How do we know we're, we're praying God's prayer? Is in an alignment with his will. And if you're not in his word, then you will not know his will. And if you do not know his will, you will not be able to pray the prayers that God ordained for you to pray to bring his kingdom to, to pass through your lives. Now, I understand right here at this point because I just heard it in the spirit. I just heard somebody say, well, but I mean, I've prayed prayers before and God's answered them and they were good. You know what? God answers times to just show you his goodness, but won't let you remain there in order to continue to navigate your life that way. God healed people that weren't even um, born again, but let them know, I love you and this is what I want for you. When he healed the man at the pool of Bethesda, he was letting him know, I want you whole. But then later found him and says, now listen, don't you go sinning anymore or something worse to get on you. That doesn't mean he could go sin, something worse come on and then turn around and say, God, heal me. Now, God's like, grow up. There's things we do for our children when they're babes, but it becomes unacceptable later on. Come on, are you with me? There's a process of growth that we are to grow from faith to faith, glory to glory. And if we don't watch out, the minute God answers us when we're an infant, we want to apply infant faith to mature, to a time that we're supposed to be mature. And the Lord's saying, I don't do that for you anymore. Come on, how many of you have children that are five years old and older? Great, awesome. How many of you still clean their bottoms when they go to the bathroom? I mean, there comes a season, it's over, right? I mean, your teenager ain't gonna call you and say, Mom, what's up? Can you come wipe me? You know, the proverbial, they grab your knees, you know? While they're on the toilet, right? No, you're like, nah. 
you're old enough. Now, does that mean you don't love them? Oh, does that mean you don't love them? You can't expect them to do something, you to do something for them that you've trained them how to do themselves. And God has given us his whole word, left it in the planet that we can pick up and read and then put himself inside us to cause all these truths to come alive so that we can live the most successful we can as believers in the earth. And we want God to do it without not taking the responsibility to read and to know and to grow. My faith can help you along for a season. Because I'm showing you God loves you. He cares for you. I can lay hands on you and you can be healed. There'll come a point, though, that God says, get to healing yourself. Because now you're at a capacity that if you would have kept growing and going, I can pay for your bills for a season to show you God wants to provide for you. But there'll come a time that God says, start sowing into this kingdom so you can start reaping. Hallelujah. You know, our children, I understand when they were born, they didn't know how to articulate their words. So what do they do when they need something? What do they do? They cry. Wah. That's how they do it. Wah. But you come, there comes a point that why is unacceptable response. Right. I'm not going to have a teenager come up and go, what are you doing? What do we say? We tell our VPK students, use your speaking words right now. Use your little words. Talk to me. What do you want? Don't cry because I don't even hear that. I think my, my daughter is VPK. I don't even hear that right now. She'll tell, I don't even hear that. Speak to me. I don't hear that. Why? Because if you're a baby, I'll put you in with the infants. Amen. We want them to articulate. What do you need? Ask. Well, God's the same way when you're a babe. You know, he's hearing you just cry out to him anyway. But once he starts to grow you, he expects you to start using your words. Because look what he said. He said this. He said, have faith in God. Truly, I. So let's put it this way. Jesus says to April. Jesus says to Marcus. Jesus says to Bradley. Jesus says. To Vicky, Jesus says, so you implant you. Jesus says to you, whatever uh, says to you, whoever and who's whoever us says to the mountain, not Jesus saying, you're saying, be taken up, cast into sea and does not doubt in his heart. God doesn't doubt. God doesn't have doubt in him. God's not the one who has a doubt problem. God only believes. In fact, Jesus, when he was going to Jairus' house, after they came to him and says, hey, man, your daughter's died. Leave the teacher alone. He said, look at Jairus. He said, only believe. These circumstances don't move me or move my word from being ineffective because my word's going to come to pass. It's going to do exactly. I said I'd come. I said I'd heal her. It's that way. Isn't that what Jesus told Jairus? I'll come and heal her. Doesn't matter she slipped off. Doesn't matter that her body has quit, uh, the, her pulse has quit pumping in her, her lungs have quit breathing. Doesn't matter because God's word goes everywhere. 
But there comes a responsibility that we have to. But he who believes what he says, that's what I say, that's what you say is going to happen. It will be granted to you. Therefore, I say to you, saying to you, Jesus says to you, all things for which who prays? You pray and ask, believe that you, who? You have received them, past tense, and they will be granted you. Hallelujah. So when we have confidence that we know God's word, amen, let's quit treating God as a mystery. Let's do what he says and actually seek his kingdom and discover him. God is not hiding from you. He's not hiding from you. If you listen to certain things, you think that God is so elusive. The minute you think you got him, he jumps around. You're like, oh, man. No, God wants you to be with him. He wants to talk with you. He wants to carry on a conversation with you. He wants to reveal his truth to you. Jesus said, there's many more things I'd like to say to you, but you're not able to receive. But when he comes... Now, he's going to reveal some things. And if you'll seek me and diligently seek me and abide in me, then he's going to reveal to you. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to, uh, you're going to, uh, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll cause things to come to your remembrance and he'll disclose things to come. That doesn't mean the Holy Ghost will hide from you. The Holy Ghost will say, oh, you thought you caught me here. Oh, you think you know that truth? No, I'm not going to tell you. I'll just jump over here because I need you to come and catch me. No, the Holy Ghost abides in you. He's like, come on, can we have a conversation so I can reveal the will of our Father so you can bring it to pass in the planet? God so much wants his kingdom to come, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, God's in control. God gave you control because he gave you authority. He gave you dominion. He gave you the right to be sons of God and to live by faith. Amen. Now, what is faith? Well, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the summons of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How do we acquire faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So we acquire faith by hearing God's word. Well, what's so significant about God's word? God's word never fails. What did Isaiah say about God's word? In Isaiah chapter 46, verses 10 and 11, the Lord says this, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying my purpose, say my purpose. That's his purpose. Not your purpose, but his purpose. Whose purpose? The Lord's purpose. My purpose will be established. And I will, the Lord speaking, accomplish all my good pleasure. Then we get to verse uh, 11. Calling the bird a prey from the east and a man uh, of my purpose from a far country. Truly I have spoken. Truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely I will do it. The Lord is not a man that he should lie. Yet, if we don't watch out, we could have conversations with people who confess Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they would make God out to be a liar. 
as if he said something, he didn't do it, so he changed his mind, and since he changed his mind concerning that, it's not his will for their lives, and they're an exception to the rule, even though his word says something totally different. God is not a man that he should lie. What he says he'll do. And why is this so significant? Because he's the king. He has all authority. All authority. I said all authority has been given Jesus in heaven and on earth. And Paul went a little further and said he had all authority in heaven and earth and under the earth. There's not a place that his authority doesn't rule and reign and exist. And then Jesus said, I'll give you my word. Now, Jesus' word is not like a man's word who can change his mind and not do it, be a liar, a swindler, a cheat. God can't lie. So if the Lord said this is how it is, the only reason it would not manifest in your life is because you choose not to believe it. You choose to not be firmly persuaded that the plan God has for me will come. In fact, you thwart that plan. You stop it. The Lord said, I sent my word to heal them. He said, when I send my word, it will, I do not send it to be void, but it shall accomplish that which it was sent to do. Amen. Amen. And whatever it is God assigned for you, desired for you to do, had his plan and purpose before the foundations of the earth, before you were even in your mother's womb, that plan is still in effect and it's your responsibility to discover it. Your responsibility to discover it. So what we've seen so far is that in 1 John chapter 5, that we can have confidence in our prayers when we ask according to his will, his purpose. And we know when we're doing that, he hears us. He hears us every time. Not only do we know he hears us, but we have it. And it's ours at the time we pray. According to Mark chapter 11, when we believe with no doubt in our heart, because doubt will hinder the plan of God to come to pass, not because God can't do it, but because you won't allow him to do it through you, through your unbelief. And most of the time, unbelief or doubt is associated with how you view yourself. When you identify yourself with someone who can't, instead of identifying yourself with who you are now in Christ, you will not be able to accomplish. If you keep identifying yourself as this rotten individual that needed saving, well, you were a rotten individual that needed saving. But once you're saved, you're not rotten anymore. You're not that person anymore. So you need to quit thinking like that person. You're a new creature in Christ. You're a believer. You're a child of God. And God does not have junk kids. Well, you know, that's, that's you, know, uh, you know, the little terminologies we use to, to say, you know, they're kind of the outcasts of the family. You know, they're, they're not the, you know, the run of the family. Those, those types of little de derogatory words that people grab their own little labels and say, there, this is who I am. I'm not like every, like, you know, No, you're a child of God, so identify yourself there. The only reason why a generation from 20 years old and upward in the nation of Israel did not make the promised land is because they identified themselves as slaves instead of seeing themselves as a delivered people. 
free from the bondage. How do I know they still saw themselves as slaves? Because when they went into the promised land to spy it out and actually saw the evidence of God's word, because they said, it is just as God has said. It is truly a land flowing with milk and honey. Up to this point, they don't even know if that's true till they saw it. Even though they saw him work miracles, saw how he routed the Egyptians, saw their enemy literally die in the Red Sea, saw it all with their eyes. And now they go into there and they see that it's just as God said, but what else did they see? God didn't tell them about the other things they would see because they were irrelevant to God. It's irrelevant to God because God had given them a word prior to it's a land flowing with milk and honey. What did he give them before? He said, I have given you the land, which means it's done. So who's ever there can't stay. But what did they do? They viewed themselves as slaves. When they saw giants, they didn't see themselves as conquerors. They saw them as ones that are submitted to those types of people. And they came back with a testimony, we can't do it, for we are like grasshoppers. And because they didn't identify with the covenant God, they had doubt, unbelief, they, they hardened their heart, and they died in the wilderness and never accomplished God's destiny for their life. They wandered. Ma, ma, ma. It's amazing what one day would do. You hear what I'm saying? We're not going. We can't do it. And they come back and say, fine. Moses, the Lord says, you're right, you're not. Since you're going to be like this, everybody 20 and older, you're going to die out here, and he's going to take your kids in. What do they do the next day? Okay, we're going to go. We going now. We going. And what did Moses say? He ain't with you. You're not going. But they went anyway. And what happened? People died. People died. See, you can't, here was God's will yesterday. But because you refuse to identify with that God of yesterday, the God of today says, we're going to have to wait now. And now you're going to take it into your own, see, they were taking it in their own hands when they didn't believe because they were grasshoppers and they did the same action, took it in their own hands, now we'll go. Well, you can't go without the Lord. Our life must be planned by God, and we must walk out his steps for our lives. Now, why is this significant? Because we're talking about believing God at his word, and we know everyone can say this. My gosh, aren't you convinced that God will do what he says? I mean, I bet I could go through and do a personal interview with every one of you, and the majority of you would say, yes, yes, saying that and living that are two entirely different things. So today I want to encourage you and help strengthen you because sometimes we misunderstand what God is saying. And in doing so, we apply things in areas that do not work for that word. Faith comes by what? 
hearing and hearing from the word of God. Number one, you can't even begin to have access to faith if you're not in his word to hear. Period. Can't happen. Number two, you can't have faith even if you come to a church where there's the preaching of the word if the preaching of the word is not rightly divided. That's why I say, don't believe what I say. That's why I have this whole congregation every year. I challenge them, read the Bible. And we have Bible reading plans from Genesis to Revelation. Let's read the word together. That's why I require our staff that we pay here at the church to read the Bible. And I check it every year. And those who are in our Elevate supportive ministries, no matter where they're at in ministry coming, we say, if you're going to be a part of the team, you're going to have to read the word because you're not helping anyone if the word's not in you. Because there's a spiritual law, a principle of the kingdom that's in place. What's in you is what you, what you have is what you'll give. That's why Peter said, silver and gold, I have none. Not that he didn't possess silver and gold. He just didn't have any on him. Just like I don't have any money on me right now. I don't have any cash to give you. Now, I can pull a card out, but it ain't going to do you any good if you can't scan it. Right. Right? right? Okay. So I could go by and say, silver and gold, I have none, but what I do have. So what you have is what you give, and you can't give something you don't have. So if the word's not in you, you can't give the word. If the word's not rightly divided coming out of you, then you'll give a not rightly divided word. You'll make an excuse. Well, now, in this case, you know, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. So, we, you know, we just really can't explain. Don't say that. Discover something. Find out what's going on. Amen. So people hear and you have to hear and you must study for yourself so that it becomes a part of who you are. Because I know where my firm persuasion is. But I don't always know where yours is. And I know if my faith's attacked, your faith's attacked. I know if what I'm believing hadn't manifested yet and I'm getting thoughts that it won't, then you're getting thoughts too. Amen. But we must then see how faith works. Because faith does work that manifests because faith won't stay faith forever. What I mean by that is now if the definition of faith, we say this. Now, faith is the sum of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hope means a confident expectation, which means I'm confident that it is. And why are you confident? Because you're saying what God's word is. You have no confidence if you're asking God and you don't even know. There's no confidence. Well, now, Lord, if you are, there's not confidence there. God has to give you an answer to get you confidence. This is what happened with the man that was healed with leprosy. He said, Lord, if you're willing, there's no confidence. So the Lord has to give him confidence. I am. He gave his word on it. I am. Touched him, he was healed. Now that was without that man's faith because he wasn't believing. He wasn't even sure. But God lets him know, my will is to heal. Then others that came with an expectation, if I just touch his hem, I'll be healed. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. God called those two individuals, the woman with the issue of blood and the centurion, had great faith. Why? Because what I said is settled. I've spoken it. I'll surely bring it to pass. They believe it and it happened. I said it happened. 
Now they believed and were acting before it ever manifested. The woman with the issue of blood, she's saying, I believe that if I just touch his hand, which means she left her house to go get to Jesus. Most people want Jesus to come to the house. Nobody wants to do their part in seeking. Yeah, Jesus says, listen, there's things about me, but you got to come to it. See, listen, when you are lost, this is what we get wrong, guys. When you're lost, you can't go to God. The Bible's very clear. What's the scripture say? No man goes after God, no, not one. You don't go after God. Don't do it. The only way you're born again is because the Holy Spirit went and found you and drew you to Christ, sent a labor by your path, began to speak to you about some things, began to talk to you about stuff, and then you decided. But then the minute you leave the domain of darkness and you get over here into the kingdom of his beloved son, God quits pursuing. He says, then draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Because I don't have to pursue you no more. You're in the house. I put my love in you. You should be so overwhelmed by my love and the forgiveness that I just applied in your life and the new nature you are, you ought to come and run to me, worship me, fall at my feet, want and talk and sup with me and spend time with me. That is the attitude of the believer. Come on, God. A real person who's truly committed to God. Man, when they first get born again, I mean true conversion, truly have been different. It's, you can't keep them out of church. I'm different. I got to be there. I get concerned when people come down and pray and then they don't show up for weeks on end. Unfortunately, most of them trying to receive Jesus just so when they die, they don't go to hell. That's not what God intended. He wanted you to have life now, life more abundantly, and for you to walk in the fullness of God today. So... We then understand that we have to pursue God. So we have to hear. We have to subject ourselves to the word. We set up underneath the fivefold ministry that God placed in the church body so that it can help raise us up, equip us so that we won't be carried by every wind and doctor thrown around. We can actually rightly divide the word of truth and actually build the body up to itself in love. So in simplicity... Faith comes by hearing. That's God's word. The minute you hear God's word, that's God's will. When you pray God's will, you can have confidence that whatever you ask according to that will, it will happen. And it happens the minute you prayed. In the spirit, by faith. The question is, when will it manifest? And that's the proverbial question. Because now faith is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means confident expectation. I'm confident because I know God's word. The substance of things, you know, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is when we believe God's word even though we don't see it. See, Jesus was in faith when he said, on the third day I'll be raised up. Well, he hadn't even died yet, but he's confessing, believing that what God said about him would happen. Man, when he's in the garden praying, saying, now, Lord, if there's any other way for this to happen, let this cut past. Yet, not my will, your will be done, because I'm sold out to your purpose, because the only plan that's going to work is yours. Right. He says, that's the only plan. There is no plan B, son. You're going to the cross. You have to shed your blood for all humanity, because there's power in the blood. I said, there's power in the blood. And so Jesus humbled himself, 
to obedience, to death on the cross. But while he was there, he knew in faith, I'll be back on the third day. And he spoke this out. Now, the day he rose, he was no longer in faith for resurrection because he was there. It's manifested. The minute it manifests, you're not in faith anymore because you have it. Faith is why you're confidently believing it is as it is until it manifests. The best way I can describe this is like if you order something online from Amazon. Okay? You go click, put it in your little cart, right? And you pay your cash. Are you with me? The minute you do that, then they say, okay, they give you like maybe a little tracking number or something for your stuff. You now, because you've given it at shipping, you are what? Firmly persuaded that you've paid the price that even though you don't see it, you saw, <laughs> you saw it just like the word. This is my digital word copy. Got a lot of translations here. You can look at that thing and, oh, I see it. And so now you make payment. Well, what's the payment? The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus made payment for that. So, okay, you click. Now I'm going to drag that over here, put it in my little box, click. I got it. Now every day I'm expecting, depending on how big it is. I recently ordered something for my truck and I was uh, out of town and I said, Gary, they say, according to their word, that my stuff will be there on Thursday. I need you to get it. So I'm confident and did it arrive on Thursday? Just as they said, it did not fail to come to pass. I was convinced I would have it. And he, I said, and he took a picture and there it is. Then I had this other one that I ordered, paid for it. Paid for it. And it gave me a date range. Yeah. A date range. Now I have this expectation between this date and this date. Hallelujah. So I would be back between that. So I didn't tell Gary, hey, I said, now I've ordered. I don't think that one to come in, you know, but obviously this one to be here. So you need to make sure you go home and get it in the house. Okay, get it in the house. Don't need nobody coming up on my doorstep taking my stuff. I don't need the devil to come steal, kill, and destroy. It's mine. All right? We've paid the price for it. Well, when I got back home, the, uh, the other thing I ordered was sitting there on the front porch. How, I rejoiced. Now, it came earlier than I expected. Why? Because God's exceedingly abundantly far beyond what I can think and imagine. Sometimes I'm asking, but yet then he overwhelms me and does something bigger than I even ask because he's just a good God like that. But he didn't bring me it, something or the abundance of something without me first asking according to his will. My point is every day I knew I was in faith, but the minute it's on the door, I'm not believing anymore because I have it. It's in my possession. There it is. I'm not waiting tomorrow believing God for the things I've ordered. They're at my house. I'm not in faith for them. I have them. Are you with me? What happens in this walk of faith is that sometimes people misappropriate God's word and the expectation of how your faith works. 
Again, according to Mark 11, it says we believe we receive. And, in, in, and the man that had leprosy in Matthew 8, it said Jesus touched his hand and immediately. It said the centurion said, just speak the word only and my servant be healed. And it says at that same hour, the servant was healed. Yet there's this other passage of scripture concerning faith that can throw a wrench in that whole concept, context. It's found in Matthew, uh, Hebrews chapter 6. Starting in verse 10, it says, For God is not unjust so as to forget your work. James said this, You tell me you have faith without works. Basically, he says, Ha! I'm going to demonstrate my faith by works, meaning I'm going to act on the word. I acted on the word that I received from the website that said my package would be there on a certain day. You know what my action was? I prepared someone to receive it. Well, I sure hope it gets in the house. I hope they just didn't take my money. I don't know if I'll get it. I'm really worried that it won't show up. I'm just so worried. I actually, on my last thing that I ordered, I had a little issue. I ordered it, okay? It was a set of mats and running boards. And so, ordered it. says, your order's complete. Great. Well, then I went to my email, and my credit card said, fraud department. Did you do this particular purchase? Because I've never used that card for that website. So, basically, they were trying to safeguard me. Somebody take my number, Right? So it gave me an option. Everything's okay. I didn't do it. Or something's wrong is what it said. Something's wrong. So I could hit something's wrong. But I said, everything's okay. Well, on my card, it says pending. And I did not get a confirmation email from the website because I used a separate card to do another order, and I got a confirmation for those items in my confirmation. Yeah. You know, it's like the Holy Ghost confirming the word. Are you with me? Okay. And so I got comp. So I'm like, what's up with this? So I said, I'll let it go 24. We'll see if it actually, because they were saying, hey, there was a little statement that says this. It said, you know, um, uh, if there was a problem or your transaction was denied, your car is free to be used basically with this vendor. At this point, I don't even know if it got it. Well, I sure didn't want a double order, right? So I was patient. I waited 24 hours to see something would change with that transaction. Would it go hot? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, they took the money. Still pending. So at this point, I need to get out of doubt. I need to know what's going on. So I went back to the source. I called them. I said, I did an order on one card. I got a confirmation. I didn't on the other one. And they called up and says, you've ordered and listed off all the items I had to include the two that didn't give me a confirmation at all. I said, so, okay, so it went through. Yes. And the next day, one of them, the items was here. I'm like, well, obviously I got it then. But the other one had the time frame. So what I did is I went and I got myself confident. Because up at this point, it says I have it, but then I had a word come that made me wonder, is it? So I had to determine I got to get back in confidence. Most people just throw it to chance. 
You can't do this with the things of God. With the things of God, you can't throw it the chance because the minute I got that, it created doubt in me. I was not confident that it actually happened. So I had to get back in confidence. I had to go to the source and they had to tell me it's as it was written. And it confirmed it. Just like the Bible, about a two or three witnesses. Sometimes you got to say, okay, I know that, but let me find some other examples. Why? I got to get out of doubt in this thing. I got to restore my confidence because it's only when I'm confident to declare God's word in my prayer is it going to come to pass. So know that God's not unjust to forget your work. So what did James said? He said, faith without works is dead. But if you are working faith, meaning you're being obedient, you're acting on it, then God won't forget this. And we don't want to become people that all of a sudden think God forgot our, our prayer of faith. And that he's not going to do it now. Because that's not our God. Let's go on. It says he's not forgot your work and the love which you've shown towards his name and having minister and still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence uh, as so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be what sluggish. We don't want to be sluggish, but imitators of those who how through faith, how through faith and patience inherit the promises. Well, now that's like a curveball. To our belief system. What I mean by that is that according to scripture, you can be in faith and immediately something change. Naturally speaking, it manifests immediately. Yet there's other things in faith. It cannot be immediate. It will be through faith and patience. And if you apply faith and patience in your prayer of faith, when immediate can be the expectation, you're really not in faith. Vice versa, if you apply in the prayer of faith immediate and it requires faith and patience, you'll not stay in faith. Now, what do I mean? The best way for me to give this example is being born again. We are born again how? By grace, through faith. And to be born again, it is a confession of faith, not, Lord, I ask you to accept all the things I do in life that are good. And you measure those to all the things I've done wrong. And based upon that measurement, surely you'll see that I'm worthy to come into your kingdom. So I'm thankful that you hear me today when I pray. You're going to always acknowledge everything I do good that I'm doing to try to please you. You're going to acknowledge it so that when I die, I know I'm going to be there with you. Now, is that person born again after they pray that prayer? Nope. Because it's not of any works lest any man should boast. God, how could you couldn't you couldn't separate me from you? I'm a good person. That prayer does not get salvation. What prayer gets salvation? The prayer of faith that Christ alone is the only way to the Father. The Bible says that if we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord, that he what is Romans 10 say that when we recognize that he died 
and on the third day was raised from the dead, we confess him as our Lord, we will then be saved. That's the prayer that brings salvation. Now, here's the question. What would you do or what would you think if I had Will come down and say, Will, I'm going to pray with you for salvation, okay? Let's pray this prayer. Will you pray with me, Will? And Will says, yeah, I'll pray with you. I said, okay, pray, repeat after me. Say, dear Father, I believe that Jesus Christ came, died on the cross for my sins. I repent of my sins, and I accept Jesus as my Savior, that his blood is enough to eradicate my sin. And right now, I confess him as the Lord of my life. I am saved. How many of you believe that that could get him in the kingdom of God? Sure. Okay. Now, if I then said, now, Will, I don't know when, but because you prayed this prayer of faith, it has happened. But this new creature in Christ is going to show up sometime. I don't know when. But it's going to happen. But know this, through faith and patience, you'll inherit the new creature in Christ. The old man that you are will pass away. It may happen when you get to the parking lot. It may happen next week. It may happen a month from now. But all of a sudden, you're going to wake up and bam, you're going to be a new creature in Christ and the Holy Ghost is going to be there and you're going to say, wow, it worked. Don't let anyone tell you you didn't get born again today even though you don't feel like it. Now, we can apply faith and patience there. They're born again immediately, yes? Right then, immediately. They believe, they have it. So there are promises of God that are immediate. You can't apply faith and patience there because it's not applicable. Well, what else? The baptism of the Holy Spirit, what evidence is speaking in tongues. When it's first communicated, Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem till I send the promise. But once the promise hit the planet, you can have it. Because if you go on and read Acts chapter 19, if all those denominations just would have went and kept reading past Acts 2 and got to Acts 19. Because in Acts 19, Paul walks up to disciples from Ephesus and says, did you receive the Holy Ghost once you believed? But they could go before then. I'm just giving it like literal terms, you know. Did you receive once you believe? Because if they would just go to Cornelius' house, what chapter is that? Eight or ten? Ten maybe? Ten? Ten, when you get at Cornelius' house, Cornelius is trying to worship God the best he can because he knows and the angel comes down and says, send for Peter. He'll come preach the gospel. So he goes, gets Peter. Peter shows up. He goes in the house of a Gentile. Cornelius has got his whole family there. He begins to tell them the story of Jesus, the message of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the, the saving power and grace of Jesus. And in his time of teaching, all of a sudden, Cornelius and his whole household said, we believe. They didn't articulate it to where they say, stop, give an altar call. They were like, I believe. And how did Peter know they had received salvation? Because the minute they were born again, they got filled with the Holy Ghost, began speaking in other tongues. And Peter says, how can we deny water baptism? They got the same experience we got back in Acts chapter 2. Those guys didn't have to wait none. You can receive immediately. So you can't apply. Oh, Lord, give me tongues, give me tongues, give me tongues. Well, I guess it's not today. Through faith and patience, I'll inherit it. You will not inherit it that way because that's not how it is. It's immediate. I would submit to you personal healing for yourself is more immediate than you want to believe. If you'll actually read the context of the Bible, if you personally would get in faith for yourself, you'll see when the word got on anyone, they were healed. There were more instantaneous healings than progress, but there were progress, but the majority of the progress happened within a 24-hour period. 
Now, that's not to condemn if you've been dealing with stuff for some time. I'm just saying we've got to rise up to the level of faith. And don't allow faith and patience to get involved in our healing. Let's go ahead and get immediate to manifest. Amen. Now, there are some things that are working of miracles, and there's nothing you can do to believe at that point. Because things weren't formed right, wasn't done right. That's a whole nother ball game. But when you get a cold or you get a sniffle or cancer hits your body or you get a tumor, my gosh, man, you can get to the word. You can confess that word. You can speak that word. You can make a demand on that word. And you can pull that thing in a lot faster. Don't apply faith and I'm just being patient. I'm going to get it. Get it and make it manifest. But then there's other areas that it will just take time, guys. And most of those have to do with purpose, destiny. What happens is we receive salvation immediately. We receive healing immediately. You know what else we receive quick? Joy. You don't have to wait around for joy. Well, I wish I could just feel happy. The joy of the Lord is your? Amen. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You keep stirring yourself and, and stirring yourself up in the Holy Ghost. You'll get full of joy. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. How fast can you get righteous? One prayer. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How fast can you get um, forgiveness? Immediately. How fast can the fruits of the Spirit manifest in you? Immediately if you'll yield to it. Right? Through faith and patience, I'm working out this anger issue. Why don't you immediately apply self-control? Allow it to spring up. Come on, you know as well as I do, not one of us got in that place where we're angry that we're not hearing the Holy Ghost say, don't do it. And you're thinking, yeah, I'm going there. Don't do it. But man, I'm thinking I'm going there. And, I'm, and you're dwelling on the thought that's taking you there. You're not taking it captive, casting it down, because the Holy Ghost, take it captive, cast it down. I don't, you really just don't feel like it. You can't apply, well, through faith and patience, I'll get there. No, you can immediately get there. I said you can immediately get there. But then there's other things that we do with God that is not. Again, I use this. Did I already use you in this service about the marriage? Good. Don't remember what service we're in. Okay, I'll go back to Chelsea. Stand up. Now, Chelsea, she wants to be married. Let's just say, okay? Here's the thing. Faith and patience is involved. Father, I believe I receive a godly man. Amen. Well, does God want her to have a godly man? Yes. Sure. A man that loves you, passionate about you, seeks you first, wants you first. That's who I want, right? Because you got a plan and purpose for your life, right? You don't want that to be disrupted, do you? Don't want to bring some sorry, slothful thing that's going to want you to tend to him and you can't do nothing for God, right? Okay. Well, how old are you? I'm 26. I'm too old. I'm getting too old. Oh, my gosh. So many people are so much younger than me and already married. Where am I going to get mine? So what happens is they, they avoid faith and patience. They, I believe I receive my God man right now. And the next person they see say, hallelujah. They go, oh, that's my man. And they say, you know, we fall head over heels for people that aren't even our God. Because God knows your guy happens to be in another state and he has to bring down. Whatever. 
and get you because there are appointed times. There are some that's not your season to be married, but then God brings the right one. It becomes your season. And through faith and patience, all of a sudden you get the best guy you ever could have had. And if you would have married too early, you wouldn't have had them. Now, God can work out those things. What the devil meant for bad, God can turn for good. But I don't want to be living life where God's always having to work out the bad stuff devil was doing. Can we live beyond that? You can be seated. Same thing with the job. You know, I believe I received my job, you know. Then you don't get it in a week and you're mad at God. Does God want you to work? Yes. Says if a man don't work, a man don't eat. He wants you to work not so you get paid. He wants you to work so that you can influence those that you're working with. And then he'll pay you to do that. Hallelujah. I know of an individual that got a word from God about a promotion. Do you know sometimes God will give us a word that doesn't mean it's going to manifest the next time it comes up? But the minute you get it, stay with it. Because I got it, and it's forever settled in heaven. The minute you prayed, it's done. You've received it. It's finished. But can this one be an immediate? Person went up for promotion, was denied. Because they were given a word that they would get it and believed it, but then didn't get it, got mad and got away from the church. Started talking about it. And then died. And they gave the promotion in their casket. <laughs> That's not how you want your promotion. You understand the devil wants to stop God's plan, but this is what I loved about Joseph. Joseph gets a dream, you're going to be a guy. And he didn't let the circumstances stop. He stayed in faith and patience, and he inherited the dream. You know, I got a little nugget about that that I hadn't seen before. Joseph is exalted to prime minister in Egypt. When his father died later on, he asked the Pharaoh permission, could he go back and bury his dad in, in, in his land? And he gave him permission. He had favor with Pharaoh. Don't you, Joseph could have said in year six of the prosperous years, Pharaoh, I have a family that I don't even think they know I'm alive. Can I go back and see them? He never asked to go because he knew his vision was, if I go back to my home, that's not where they'll the, the dream can come to pass. They are going to have to come to me because in this place that I am is where the authority is. Wow. He wasn't so emotionally connected to his dad that, oh my gosh, my dad's got to know. He was more connected to the plan. I can't leave. Dad's got to come to me. Because I'm in authority here and they've got to come to me. And through faith and patience, instead of him trying to do it on his own and restore his family and his brothers, 
Instead, he stayed put and the family came to him. I wonder how many people have thwarted God because they left to go to family and get out of their place of authority. Through faith and patience, guys, there are certain things that we're going to go through. So I don't want you to get delusional. I don't want you to get discouraged. I don't want you to get, you know, uh, hung up on things. There are certain things that it just takes time for God's plan. You know what? Abraham was looking for the return of Christ. Enoch, Enoch was looking for the return of Christ. Moses was looking for the return of Christ. David was looking to the return of Christ. Isaiah prophesied and Daniel of the return of Christ. They were all looking for it and they all spoke about it coming to pass, but it never came to pass in their life. But Galatians 4, 4 says in the fullness of time, Christ came. That means that God always planned to bring Jesus then. And no matter how much the generation of nation was believing for that moment, it couldn't come any earlier. And there's things that God puts in our hearts that can't come any earlier. But he lets us know ahead of time it's coming. It's coming. Maybe you get a word, you know, you're going to have your own business. Well, maybe it takes five years before you have it. Don't let go of the word. Through faith and patience, you'll get that. Just like the mall. God gave me a word, occupy. I'm moved by nothing. Nothing. It has to come to pass. So there has to be some divine appointed time. Here's the thing, though. Whether it's an immediate or through faith and patience, you must check yourself to see if you're in faith. Because some of the biggest challenges is that you don't want to be in faith and patience when immediate's required. That's why you go to the word. What's the word say on what I'm believing? And what's the time frame? And what's the response? And how did that happen? And then you get yourself. That's why the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, says this. It says, test yourself to see if you are in faith. Examine yourselves. I'm always having to examine myself. Because here's the thing. The Bible says no one knows the spirit of man except the spirit of the man himself. And no one knows the spirit of God except the spirit of God. So know this. We really know if we are. You've heard me testify before, before we got into this whole thing about the mall. I knew, I knew. I was saying it with my mouth, but I knew my heart was not attached to those words. I knew it. I was like, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. <laughs> First of all, they don't even want to sell it. I mean, you're asking me to attach something that they weren't even wanting to sell. They can turn their, they can change their mind. All kinds of stuff. But I remember it was a Wednesday. My wife and I were going to go camping on Thursday. I said, I'm going to go ahead and take the camp, camper down, and I'm going to pray. And so I went down, I was down to Tomoka, actually, Tomoka Springs, Tomoka State Park. And I was driving down A1A, and I'll never forget, I saw those huge homes, you know, just past, you know, around the hammock, you understand? Huge homes. And the Lord said to me, he said, you see that house? Because I was praying. I said, yes, Lord. He said, how much do you think that costs? 
I said, millions. Easy. He said, you think anyone's in it? I said, well, no. I mean, you can see that it's closed off, you know. He said, yeah, that's someone's vacation home. Yeah. He said, if man can do that, do you think I can get them all? I said, Lord, I believe. But I had to have that. I was not lying to myself. I wasn't trying to put on some air. I knew I can't go here until I know here. I can't go here until I know here. And then another pivotal point came with the whole deal with them all. And I went off and prayed and fasted for three days, I think it was. And I said, God, I need a word. That's all I need. I don't need to know how. I don't need to know when. I need to know a word that I can stand on. And I heard him say this concerning this mall, whether to stay with the deal or to go. He said, occupy. And I knew when he said that, that word occupy means to do business. And we, there's a business part that we'll do with this mall. He told me to set up camp. I'm going to give that to you and you're going to occupy. And I knew then, doesn't matter, it's ours. Then on January the 25th, 2016 at 11 Faith Crusade, I was over here praying and worshiping God. And all of a sudden in the spirit, I knew it had broken through. I had it. It was ours. It was done. It's done as a promised land. But I also knew this. I can't get it alone. Moses could not single-handedly take the nation into the promised land. That's why we can't grow weary in our well-doing. That's why you can't get hope deferred to get your hearts. You got to know, I heard nothing else matters. Because you don't want to be the one that God has to move out so that he can have the group that's here that believes to move in. You want to be the one that says, I believe. And how do you believe? You believe by action. Like my wife and I believe by action. We confess it every time. Gary can tell you, he's been living with me for now about four months. Every time we come on, I say, thank you, Lord, for, I don't pray for this mall. I thank him for it. I said, thank you, Lord, for 2121 US 1 South. I'm sure many of you, but I've gone beyond that. I've sown towards it. I keep sowing towards it. Cause you know what? What we've got to do for a down payment with this agreement is nothing compared to what we got to do to remodel all kind of, I mean, it's just, it's all good. And we go from faith to faith. But know this, it will come to pass. And you'll hear, you're going to hear this. Well, that church did take them all. And it's not because we did it independent of a word, but God working with us. But we did our part. So whatever it is, guys, You've got to examine yourself, say, now, Lord, am I out of faith because I'm waiting on you to do something, though I believe, yet I should expect it immediate? Help me to see it immediately so it'll be done. Because in this moment, according to your word, immediately, just like salvation, I should have it. In what Jesus said, he said, which is easier, to heal this man or to tell him his sins are forgiven? Help me to see healing easy. Help me to see this that can come immediately easy so I receive it and bring it in. 
I'm not waiting anymore. I'm not going to apply faith and pay. Many have fallen away from the faith because they misappropriated their faith. God didn't heal them in the time frame they thought he should, and he's dragging on, and they keep waiting and keep waiting and keep waiting, and they just give up on the word when God's saying, it wasn't a wait, you should have had it. But on the other side, you know, God, I was believing you to come in and bring, you know, this particular deal to take place and this promotion or this, you know, spouse or, you know, this thing. And I prayed and I immediately received it and I said I had it and I was thanking you. But you know what? It's been five years now and I've not seen that come to pass. You know what? Forget about it, which most wouldn't even wait five years anyway. Let's just say a month. I'll give you a month, 30 days. It ain't here. Your word doesn't work. It, you can't apply immediate there. This is where you persevere. But know this, whether immediate or faith and patience is in play, in both cases, it manifests. It manifests. Let me close with this thought. In July of 2003, no, two. Pastor Mike and Angie, my wife and I, were in Tulsa Correction, Juvenile Corrections in Oklahoma. Pastor Marcus was there, and I was preaching. The whole time I'm preaching, my wife is talking to somebody, a friend, a person that Angie had brought. And so... We loaded up the truck, you know, loaded up everything. We were done with the prison mission. I was driving home. I said, Marcy, so who was that person you were talking to? You know, funny thing, that person there, they were born in St. Augustine. We were talking about St. Augustine. Really? Wow, that's awesome, you know, just talking. We're just carrying on all that they were saying, you know, people they knew, da-da-da. Then my wife said this. You know, she said something funny. I said, yeah, what's that? She said, if we ever start a church in St. Augustine to give her a call, and the minute my wife said that, Bam, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, that's where you'll plant the church. I mean, it hit me hard. I was like, what? Now, we've only been in this location for two years, and I had this mindset, we'll be there till 2005 when my oldest son graduates. So I was a little shocked by it. I was so consumed with the vision that I was in that to think of that which I knew I would eventually do, God's talking to me about it. I didn't say nothing to my wife. But for three days, it was just like it was there. It was like right there. It was like I wanted to say something, you know? So on the third day after praying and stuff, I said, Marcy, I believe that I know where God wants us to plant the church that we're supposed to start. And since she pulls out the demographics of St. Augustine, she'd been looking them up for the last three days. There was no church associated with the school I graduated from here. No one, to my knowledge, was praying for me. No group was asking me to come be their pastor. This town didn't even know I existed. But I had a word from God. And then he told me when to come. And it shocked me because I thought it would be later. But I obeyed him. I obeyed him and didn't have a job. And had three kids. Left 
came here. And 14 years later, we run two services in this location, going to buy a mall, have another church in Valdosta. Are ministering to other Rama churches because we've been given oversight, have ministered at Rama. In fact, in, in April and May next month, I will be the commencement speaker for the school I graduated from. Wow. Wow. My wife can tell you, we sat in class thinking we want to do stuff for Rama, but it didn't happen overnight. Pastor Hagen didn't immediately say, the Lord said, come with me and let me make you a director and let me do this for you. And you're going to preach in camp meeting and you're going to do a commencement speech and your wife's going to do kindle the flame. Didn't hear that. But through faith and patience of doing the call of God, the gift was recognized. There's no telling what's in store for everything we have to do as a body when we come together and do it. So learn from the word what you can have immediately and make a demand and don't settle for it to get off and don't, don't play around with stuff and let it linger in your life when immediately you can get rid of sin. Immediately you can cast off the flesh. Immediately you can get rid of sickness. Immediately you can have joy. Immediately you can walk in peace. Immediately you can have the righteousness of God in Christ. Receive it, walk in it. But then the things that through faith and patience, don't quit in the process. Don't give up because it's going a little bit longer than you thought. Don't think, oh, wow, this is never, I mean, I'm this old. My gosh, man, you're not old enough. There's a reason why it hadn't come to pass yet. It's okay, and it will. Your best days are ahead of you. Because there's not one word that he spoke concerning you that he'll fail to bring to pass if you'll only believe.